Well, well, well. Happy holidays uh, for me and uh, the Life in Red podcast. Uh, as you listen to this, uh, as I just put it out, it's just before Christmas. So if you're listening before then, happy holidays to you and your family. I know it's been a wild year, uh, but uh, hoping you're all safe and, and happy, especially here on Ontario, Canada, where uh, I am. We're about to go into a lockdown, so I know it's going to be tough. So uh, sending you positive vibes and uh, wishing you all the best. You can follow us on social media Life and Red Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, Life and Red Pod on Twitter, and Life and Red Podcast.com. Now, my guest today, hands up if you are a young person and the thought of ever owning a home has pretty much just never been on your brain. Yeah, I know I'm one of them. You know, all the debt that I have, student debt, uh, the salary I make, it, it makes it really hard to buy a home, especially uh, in a large city. So I wanted to get on someone who knows best about housing and buying a home in the markets, and uh, I couldn't think of anybody better uh, than my guest today. Talk about a whole bunch of things, including buying homes as a millennial, um, the hustle that goes into being a real estate agent, the markets, you know, how you can utilize a realtor to kind of leverage your position and bid on houses and, and win and, and get your dream home. And we get into a lot of great stuff. She is amazing since so young yet so successful and knowledgeable and answered all my questions like, you know, with so much enthusiasm and knowledge. And, you know, if I'm ever getting into the real estate game, uh, she's someone I'm going to strongly consider. Um, you can catch her on social media. You can even get her home buyers program, which we talk about a little bit uh, for beginners on her website. So please give it up for my guest, Anna Tran. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. All right, Anna, here we go. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Coming right off a, a busy Friday in the life of a real estate agent, which you wouldn't think, I guess, in the middle of a pandemic, it, it would, the home buying process it would, in real estate market would still be busy. <laughs> the market has been absolutely crazy in Ottawa, especially because everyone's or a lot of people, sorry, are government employed and they have stable incomes and they haven't lost their jobs. So if you think about everyone who was living in like a five, 600 square foot apartment before, they're now getting tired of their partner, their spouse, their boyfriend, and they're like, shit, we need more space. Let's get a home office. Where are we going to have a home gym? So people are really on the move. They're upgrading and people from neighborhoods like Toronto are coming to Ottawa because they're realizing, well, I'm in Toronto for the lifestyle but it's expensive to be in toronto when you can be in ottawa for a fraction of the price make the same income and have a better quality of living the ottawa market has been booming <laughs> wow uh you know there were so many kind of like first questions on you know why what i wanted to get this conversation started on but i think where i'm going to start with is pretty basic but you see the commercials on tv uh and there seems to be a little bit of a competing kind of mindset of selling your home yourself or or mm. versus doing a realtor so i'll just ask pretty simply why you choose a, a realtor when you go to do this process yeah and there are listings that i've just listed that 
are from places where you, you list it yourself. And I think people underestimate the selling uh, process, especially because they don't do it every day. It's not like every day you're selling a home, whereas for me, every day I am selling homes. I am in different homes. And it's being the third party between the buyer and the seller, uh, being able to fully market your home in different countries, different languages. Now people are buying homes virtually. Uh, I'm selling homes over FaceTime, so it's being able to uh, navigate with the market, navigate with the times, and honestly, get working with a realtor ends up netting you more at the end of the day. So yes, you can save on the front end, but the stats show that working with a realtor, you end up making more in your pocket at the end of the day. Plus, when you're a busy person, who has time to do it themselves? <laughs> right. That's what yeah, you're paying for, right? It's a service, so. Right. Um, I'm interested. So I followed you, uh, for about a year now since you did my, like our mutual friend Deepak's podcast. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty interesting. And it's funny. You, you post so much, you probably don't think about it, but you posted something once where you were talking about when you were doing this since you were 16, doing this grind. So I'm mm -hmm. curious, like why get into this industry, especially at such a, a young age and, and how has it been going for you? Yeah, so how I started in real estate, I was actually working at a restaurant. So growing up, my parents immigrated here from Vietnam. Uh, they have four kids, and they lived on Bronson Street. I don't know if you know where that is, downtown. It, it was kind of a rough neighborhood. Um, they, they rented one floor apartment in a triplex, and I shared a bunk bed with my two other siblings at the time. So their whole... North American dream was to get a house in the suburbs and make sure we're out of the downtown core and they work so hard like my parents don't have high school degrees or university degrees or anything they barely know English they literally immigrated here after the Cold War with America and Vietnam and they just came for a better life <laughs> so living in Orleans I moved to Orleans in uh, grade two um, so I just thought everyone had so much abundance here um, and everyone had just so much. And I was like, I want that. So from a young age, like after grade six, I started working and I worked like all throughout high school. I worked two, three jobs at a time. And one of the jobs was at Broadway's, uh, the mm -hmm. breakfast joint or sports bar. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know it doesn't um so I was making small talk with one of the customers there and they had like a real estate holder so me being 16 at the time knowing like nothing about real estate I was like oh like you're into real estate and he's like yeah are you and I was like yeah I, I had no idea like my parents had bought one house <laughs> so he's like oh well you know we just start chatting and he's like oh well you know come intern at my office anytime I was like yeah sure whatever I didn't think much of it and then a week later, my boss, uh, I came into work and my boss goes, oh yeah, some guy asked for your email, so we gave it to him. And it's funny because now, as an adult, I was like, how did you just give out a 16-year-old's email address? Um, but it was just such a like close-knit restaurant environment that like the c customers were regulars. Um, so he emailed me and said, hey, I was being serious about the internship. So I took it and for the first month, I was just filing paper, making photocopies, and then they started getting me to do real work, and then I got hired shortly after. So I was working there. I was working at Broadway's, and I think I was working at like Swish LA or something. Um, it was just an extra money for me, so it was super fun, and my whole, um, my whole goal was to 
go to Queens for university or go to a good university. My older brother was the star child and got honor roll every single year, got a scholarship to university. So I really looked up to him and wanted to do that. Um, but I was always like a hard worker. I always worked. I always made extra tips. I sold flowers on, you know, Mother's Day weekend at the corner kind of thing. Um, so I started getting into real estate shortly after I started working for, at the time, the number one Remax team in Ottawa. And I remember it was like grade 11 or grade 12. I start started bringing deals to them and they'd give me like $400 cash. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to be rich. <laughs> I am going to be rich because that's a lot of money for, you know, a 17 year old, 16 year old. Uh, so I was like, this is phenomenal. And I like in school, it's weird because I had courses where I did really well in and I got nineties, like history and law, like classes I liked. Then there were classes where I just failed so terribly because I, I didn't care enough about it. I'm the type of person where my heart has to be in it for me to enjoy it and do well and excel in it. Um, so the guys I was working for saw that I was doing summer school to up my grades, try to get a scholarship, try to get into a good school. And one day they're like, all these leads are ringing. Do you know how much you can be getting paid on it? Right. Cause I just thought of it as extra cash, not a career. Mm. Um, so in grade 12, um, I started choosing what, schools I wanted applying for what schools I wanted to go to I thought you know what screw it I'm gonna take a year off I'm gonna get my real estate license and just see where it goes now that sounds fine and all but coming from a Vietnamese strict household mm -hmm. where they literally my whole life my parents told me we came here so you can get a good education and for me to say hey by the way screw university that that was like terrifying for me to tell my parents but I told them and they're like, you know what? We didn't think you'd do well in school anyways. So that started my real estate career. And before I got licensed, I was working with different. So basically how it works in real estate is that you can't sell resale um, without having a license if it's not your own house, but you can sell new construction because you're working for the builder. So that's what I was doing before I got my license the year it took me and then I got my license and went from there. So that was kind of a long story, but that's how I got in. <laughs> right. It's, uh, it's funny. There's definitely that stigma, I guess, or the, uh, what's the word? I can't think of it right now, but um, for, you know, Asian immigrants and, and, you know, Asian children talking about their parents and how important academics is. And I can, I mean, I couldn't imagine, but like that fear of, of having to tell them like, this is your, this is your journey. And I'm mm -hmm. glad that they accepted it because I've had a few people on the podcast kind of like talk about that uh, in their lives and like the stress and the mental health implications and everything like that. I'm so, okay. Young people. I think a lot of young people nowadays, home ownership, if, if you go to school, like home ownership doesn't really seem to be, uh, I guess, feasible in a lot of cases until you're a lot older so like someone like myself I use myself as the example is um, I've just like I've had a lot of student debt a lot of made of probably poor choices in my early 20s of spending habits so you know not a lot of savings lots of debt um, so I've literally chose to learn nothing about real estate never even looked at buying homes anything like that have I made a mistake <laughs> I wouldn't I would never say you've made a mistake um, and it's crazy because I was speaking with some friends and clients yesterday and we we're just talking about student debt and how like that, 
you can literally claim bankruptcy and still have to pay student debt. Uh, I know in America, they're saying it's going to be the next recession. It's going to be student debt. And like, I totally empathize and understand with that one. Uh, clients ask me, like, Anna, what do you recommend? Student debt um, or like saving up for a down payment, et cetera. I think it's always good to educate yourself on the market, um, whether you're looking to buy today, tomorrow, five years in the future, at least you have an idea. Um, some people reach out to me and they're like, well, I wanna buy, um, I wanna buy right away because all my friends bought. And then it's funny because it comes down to um, almost an ego thing where it's, are you buying for yourself or are you buying um, because your friends are buying? it might not be the best option for you right now. And I tell clients that I'm so honest, like, yes, in the short term, I might lose the deal of them not buying, but they're happier with me in the long run because it is what's best for you in that moment in time uh, and where you are in life. And it depends person by person. Like if you're straight out of university, you have student debt, you're starting out with your starting job. Yeah. Maybe rent a room with a friend or live with your parents until you save up more money or pay down more debt. Um, that's not moving out is not like the only option or buying is not the only option, but here's the thing. If you're renting at extremely high rent, but you have like 5% down to put on a house, that's a really good option. If you are renting to take that money, put it into your own investment. That way you're, paying off your mortgage and you're also making money in equity in your own house. Uh, now I've had friends that are starting businesses or have started businesses, but want to buy houses. Um, in the long run, your business is going to be really important for you. So it's important you invest in yourself and your business, whether um, that be your business or, or real estate, because real estate is a great investment. I've invested a lot in real estate and I was able to at a young age because I started young, because I'm in the industry, so many factors. Um, but there's a path and a milestone for everyone. And I discuss those options and I'm, I'm pretty real with my clients and most of them be, end up becoming friends because of that. Mm. So it depends what's. Yeah. It, it's interesting. The system we've kind of created because we grew up, and a lot of us, you know, I know my, myself, I didn't understand, you know, all the work that my parents put into like provide this life. And, you know, the dream just be, you think it's just going to be the reality. I'm going to grow up, going to get a house, going to have a wife, going to get married, you know, all that, that typical stuff. But like the system we've kind of created, uh, and especially in, in Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, some cities in the States where we come out with these pretty massive student debt piles. And the rent is super high. So like we're, you know, the government's always talking about, you know, mortgages and home buying and how it's important and important part of the economy. But like we almost have this like system where it doesn't su support that, that reality for a lot of people. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, and that is why it's so important to learn about the industry even before you're ready. Um, become more financially literate. Um, maybe even have some preemptive calls or discussions with uh, mortgage brokers or realtors. I have so many clients that reach out even on Instagram say like, listen, I don't want to waste your time. I'm not looking to buy for another year or two. I'm like, listen, let's have a call. That way at least you have more clarity moving forward, what you do need to purchase a house, what we can do to help improve your credit score, uh, how much 
you should save. And some people don't realize that they're actually in such a good position to buy sooner than they think. And the more thought you put into it, the more mindful you are of your spending and your saving and you get to that home ownership goal so much sooner. Um, and I've seen that in so many of my own friends and clients that they end up reaching that goal sooner than they had hoped because they were more mindful about it. Right. So let's kind of, you know, I don't want to let you give away all your tips and secrets because we, <laughs> we want people calling you and contacting you. But let's say, you know, someone who is fresh and, and really not kind of literate in this market. What's kind of like maybe like a beginner's package on what we might need to know when setting out to this home buying process? Yeah, well, you know what? I, a uh, shameless plug, I have a home buyer's guide that I give up for free on my website. Um, you can email me or DM me, to, I'll send you one, but I also have hard copies I can mail you. Hmm. But if you sign up for my newsletter, you get the uh, home buyer's guide right away. Just like 10 tips what to do when you're starting to shop. Um, I always say whether it's a realtor or mortgage broker, reach out to one or the other uh, right away and just have that preemptive discussion, even if it's not for like two years. Um, at least you have clarity moving forward and every maybe six months, touch base, see how the market is. Um, obviously, there's technical side of purchasing, like having the minimum 5% down payment, having a decent credit score. Credit score is not like the do or die. Um, and even if you have like student loan debt, that's really normal for you to have student debt and still be able to purchase. Um, so that's not a limiting factor. Having debt is not a limiting factor. It's kind of like when you lease a car, let's consider debt, but it's not a limiting factor to um, purchasing a house. And a lot of lenders, so when you work with a mortgage broker, they're going to shop around different what's called lenders, people who are going to lend you the rest of the purchase price for the house. Like they're not naive. They know people have mortgage or sorry, uh, student loans. So they, we work around those options and there's so many different lenders. There's like 40 plus lenders we can shop around with and kind of plead your case with. So even if your credit isn't great or you have student loans, we can work towards those either making it better or whatever your options might be. Right. Uh, sorry, what's that? Zoom no, is terrible. Sorry. It cuts out and like a, when someone's talking and the other talk, it's like it just cuts it right out. You can't even hear it. Um, okay, so you mentioned this 5%. Now, the number in my head, at least coming from, uh, I'll, I'll quote unquote, the boomers when, when they're talking about home buying. Uh, I think they say, is it 10 or 20% to, that you need because you want to uh, avoid mortgage insurance like am i on the right track with that yeah yeah so go ahead, go ahead. no nope, you go ahead <laughs> i was going to say anything 20 percent or over there's no insurance premiums so basically anything under 20 percent is considered uh, a high ratio mortgage which means it's higher risk which means you need insurance on it so insurance companies uh canadian mortgage like cmhc they'll offer insurance at a rate for you. Mm. <laughs> the more you put down, so it's not like a set rate. So if it's 5%, 10%, 15%, that's different premium. Um, but everyone always says like, oh, do I need like at least 20% down to avoid the uh, insurance premiums? It's like, if you have 20%, sure. It is a lot of money on, an, on your average house. That's like 80, 100,000. 
cash. Um, but where I would say it's better to put your five to 10% down is say if you're renting at a high cost, um, then it's better use of money to put your five, 10% into a down payment and then build equity on that because it is an investment at the end of the day and insurance rates are so low right now and home prices are only going up. So if you want to wait an extra few years to save another hundred thousand, the market might change in that time. So it's better to get into the market now and start paying off your own mortgage than someone else's. That's how I see it. Right. Canada has like a, this thing, it's like the first time home buyers program or, or something. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that and like how that helps, especially young people like buy houses? Like what's, what's the deal? Um, I think you're talking, are you talking about the land transfer? I'm not sure. I, I, I see, again, I see this thing in the news where it's like, uh, you know, Trudeau or someone will say like the first oh, time yeah. home buyers um, program. I would say get advice from your mortgage broker, but times I will say sometimes certain moves by certain governments are done purely um, politically because Mm. they sound good, but you have to read the fine print and I'll leave that there. Interesting. Okay. So that's good to know. Yeah. Not everything is as great as it sounds. So. Which you should, you should know, but yeah, you, you hear that and I'm just like, Oh, okay. Like, that's nice. The government's trying to help us out and to buy homes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it's you're referring to is when they said they would give you a portion of your down payment. Yes. Yes, that's yeah. the one. So I would asterisk, call me and we can discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not um, going to get <laughs> So we, we talked a little bit about Ottawa and like this, this wild market. And I, I have a couple of friends who, who are in the home buying kind of process. And they're just telling, like, again, not understanding everything, but they're just telling me how difficult it is to, to like buy a home. Um, you know, like, I know you kind of talked about it off the start, but is, is something like this sustainable? Like, I'm, I'm sure it's great for you, but like when we're talking about your clients and stuff, it like, it sounds like it's just like a wild west. I'm hearing things like mm-hmm. bully offers. Like, can you just kind of explain what like all the, different nuances that are happening in the city right now? Yeah, it's funny because the general public would think, oh, well, that's great for you as a realtor, but if you're working with a buyer, you would know from your friends, they're getting very discouraged because people are bidding 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 over asking, how are they supposed to compete? So I think this is a market where it is really important to be very, very properly represented by a buyer agent um, and going through necessary tips and tricks and things you can do to ensure you actually get the home that you want. Um, Because the last thing you want to do is fall in love with a home and then lose it in multiple offers and contrary to popular belief it's not always about the highest offer that wins the bid it's about the best offer that being conditions closing date anything you could do to win the bid and it is a tough market because sellers are all thinking their house is worth xyz and upping the market and the market changing and buyers being discouraged and then there's like the entry level price point where a lot of young couples are purchasing and as a single person it's hard to qualify for higher than double income so 
it's it is tough a tough market for first-time home buyers but that's why it's important to work with someone who has you pre-approved right away a really strong approval um, knowing how much a house is going to go for because there are houses that are literally listed a hundred thousand lower than what the market value even is so if you're thinking a house is going to is listed for 475 maybe sell for 475 to 5 but it sells for 600 that's because the area comparables are already 600 so that's something we could uh, look at and see like I have a client I'm working with right now first-time home buyer and she's looking at a house and I tell her listen this house is underpriced by a hundred thousand <laughs> so it's likely gonna sell on that price point she's like oh my god why would they listed at that and sometimes people and sellers do list their homes lower just to generate a really really high bidding war so it's knowing the market and where you are. Is, is it kind of sustainable? Like I look at cities like Toronto and Vancouver where it just seems, it's like how, how does anybody afford this working some sort of like regular job? Like mm-hmm. is there a point where it just becomes too much and like just people can't afford to live there? Truthfully, I think our market was underpriced for a really long time. So when people are saying, oh my God, it's so hard to afford this market. Well, it's because our market didn't grow for a really long time. Yes, it's been growing for the past two, really three years. But if you look at five years ago, the market was very, very stagnant. And you were buying houses for a well under asking price. It was more of a balanced market then. Um, so I think it was about time that our market started appreciating more, uh, and it's a great time to start making good investments and our market will balance, but it's at what price will it balance at? Even three years ago, our average price point was less than half of Toronto's average price point. So I would say it was a steal. It was way undervalued, especially for where we're located. So I think now uh, the price is catching up to what prices should be in Ottawa. And then it's going to, to balance at some point. And that's, that's just the market. Right. Um, um, so I have a friend um, who did this. I think this is really the smart thing. So what her and her brother did is they invested in a property and turned it into an Airbnb. And they're, mm-hmm. like, they're younger than me. Do you find like even younger people these days are getting more involved? Like when you think of a landlord or something, you think of like some old crusty guy who's like, mm-hmm. uh, um, but now like, you know, my, my friend is an example. Are younger people really get, getting more savvy and smarter in this investing game? Oh my God. So much, so much so, especially with podcasts like yours who are educating millennials and younger buyers, they're making really smart moves and they want to like, I think the new trend is like being an entrepreneur and making investments. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're just so much more educated uh, versus even the generations before a little bit more conservative. Like, Oh, what if the market crashes? I have noticed millennials have been a lot more willing to take risks. Do you think, uh, (laughs) I mean, you mentioned that we're uh, older generations were a little bit more conservative. Like does that potentially like you know set us up i i've always heard that ottawa's recession proof because of the federal government so ottawa might be different but like do we maybe take too much risk in in some cases uh i wouldn't say so i mean we did go through a 
kind of a recession already. Um, the first wave of the pandemic, and I know marketplaces like Toronto, New York, they suffered a lot because a lot of their investors are foreign investors, are people buying condos for their kids to go to school. Um, or even if they have money, they were not able to get a loan because they're self-employed. Toronto, there's a lot of business owners, a lot of self-employed people. If their business physically wasn't able to open during that time, they couldn't get a loan. Versus Ottawa, now we were still buying and selling houses throughout the first wave. So it sort of is recession-proof. Right. How fierce is it to, you know... So there's a show, you know, you get those shows like the selling million dollar homes or selling that one, whatever the one is in New Jersey there. And it's very glamorous, but I, like, I'm curious, like how, is it like a very like cutthroat kind of job where like, you know, you're always trying to make deals and like undercut people, like not you necessarily, but is it like a real hustle and grind type of industry? It's a hustle and grind based on the fact that there are so many realtors. There's probably 5,500 in Ottawa quarter don't sell anything another quarter aren't active it, it is the cream rises to the top kind of industry um so people are more competitive in a sense that there is no ceiling so the more you work the more you make and then once you start making sales they say sales gives you like that high right um so you do want to be the best um but ottawa has a really great community for realtors like i've i've never felt competitive in my marketplace we all support each other i always think it's community over competition mm. and you really need to as a realtor work with other realtors to get the deal done it's not like I have every single listing in the city. I have to work with other realtors and other realtors might have buyers for my listing that I don't. So we really do work together. Like the cattiness you see, I don't know if it's because those are bigger cities or if it's because it's a TV show, but I, I really don't see that here. Of course there's like workplace dramas here and there, but I don't see that environment in my workplace at all. Curious, as a young person, do you find it, I mean, is it that much more difficult? You, we, we talked a little bit about how millennials are, you know, I, I love it. I love seeing young people starting businesses and getting involved in all these different things. And I love chatting with them on the podcast and, and like picking their brain on it. Um, but like as a young person in your industry, right? Like you could be working with clients anywhere from, I don't know, 18 to 75, 80, whatever. Like, does it, do you feel like there's an added pressure, like I have to prove myself a little bit more or that maybe you get disrespected a little bit just from your age? Yeah, I mean, you always have to prove yourself, but I've always seen my age as a benefit mm. because I can work harder for you. I am more tech savvy. I don't have other commitments. Um, so my life is very well dedicated to mostly work as well. And I think people that work with me, they work with me because they see the drive, they see the ambition, the knowledge, and that's why they work with me. They always say your clients end up being a reflection of who you are as a person. I think all my clients are, are very much people who I enjoy working with. Um, so I'm very happy and blessed in that regard. Um, but I remember getting into it at like 19. The guy I worked for said, listen, Anna, there's going to be two types of people you work with. People who think, oh, well, she's young. What does she have to offer? Or she's young. I'm going to take 
a chance and really work with her. Um, so my age rarely comes up. Like it very, very rarely comes up. It's, it's rarely an issue for me. But I also, like at this point, I've been licensed for five years. I've been in the industry like eight. So <laughs> right. it's a little different. Yeah, when you're like telling that story, like kind of off the top and you're, you're telling it, I'm like, I'm picturing like, you know, a young 21, 22, you're like, and you know, so I was in school, high school and like before I grad, I'm like, oh, whoa, okay. You were like, I was pumping gas at that age. I had no clue what was going on and you're already out there hustling. Well, I wasn't like working the industry in yeah. high school, photocopying paper, but it's still <laughs> around the office and the people here and all that good stuff. So, so I've never really referenced this on the podcast before but my first like adult job was actually in radio sales um oh. that that's my industry i work i work in radio but my first gig was in sales so you know i love sales because i'm very much a relationship person but I, the reason i asked this age question is like i found i got bullied like clients would bully me and i didn't have the the skin or like the the confidence to like stand my ground or, or like drive back right like how hard was that for you to develop and learn was that tricky for you or was that something you just kind of always had oh my god I love it when people like question me and test me and I get it all the time truthfully like especially the worst is when it's a first-time buyer and their parents come with them to the viewings and because I'm so young the parents are trying to ask me questions to try and trick me and it's funny because they're, they're kids now. So I have this, uh, this one young guy buying his first condo and his stepdad's trying to be like the, you know, the dad and be like, well, what's the construction of this house? And the, you can see the guy just like rolling his eyes and going, he's trying to trick you. And I like, they're joking about it at this point. And I was like, it's steel frame construction, X, Y, Z, this is your build. And the guy was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> so as a young person you do need to be extra prepared because like I still get questioned all the time but once you prove that you're knowledgeable enough and you're willing to put in the work like what are, what are they gonna say they have to respect you at that point right mm -hmm. um, so I learned very quickly that someone who's maybe in their 30s or older in general can be less prepared but no matter what I do I have to show up I have to look the part I have to be extra prepared I have to know every single thing about the property the client the neighborhood um but i think that's what kind of built thick skin as well when i started in real estate again i don't have very much family here outside of my immediate family i don't have a big network so i door knocked and i cold called and i would door knock on like the coldest days of winter and get totally rejected and that's how i built my thick skin to handle moms and dads and older people questioning me so I think I think rejection is actually like a beautiful part of the industry you have to enjoy it to be in it because you get rejected all the time that's a I love that like cold calling is like for me I hate it like that's why I gave up and moved into something a little more comfortable like cold calling I'm like oh it just it, the anxiety it gives that like you're out yeah. there like knocking on doors. That is not something people ever think of a real estate agent doing. Yeah. It used to be big back, back when, but because it doesn't happen often, I thought, well, I should do it because not many people are doing it. So that is, yeah, that's really smart. Um, you know, where do you see kind of, 
the future of homes? And it might be a weird question, but I'm just wondering about, you know, climate and, and all the things we're kind of worried about. And we're going to be coming out of a pandemic where there's this real opportunity to re- rebuild some of the things that we've done. Do you see at least like the the innovations in homes, the renovations, the the new builds, like, do you see a new push in this like totally new way of doing things coming anytime in the future? Or like, I mean, in the city of Ottawa, it's pretty conservative in a lot of ways, like it, just kind of riding out status quo until someone is able to show that you can make a lot of money off of it. Mm-hmm. So I think what's great is that we're starting to see much more sustainable builds, sustainable technology in homes, more effective ways for the environment to build these homes and build them properly as well. So with more technology, climate change, innovation, we're going to get the most energy efficient homes. Now I'm already starting to see there's a project in Ottawa called Zibi and they're rated by One Planet Living. There's only, I think, seven projects in the whole world rated this high in energy efficiency. They literally take the waste energy produced by the uh, Scott Scotty Mills. You know the toilet paper brand? Is it Scott? Yeah. Scott? Yeah. yeah. So they reuse that energy to power the entire neighborhood. And, like, it's doable. It just needs to become more accessible and more affordable for people to build more sustainably. Because right now, like, building new houses is not effective for the environment. So I'm excited to see more sustainable ways to live. I, I wanted to kind of ask that question because my next question is, um, going back to what, you know, what I was talking about working in radio, when, when someone leaves the industry, whether they get laid off or, or something, there is a large selection, especially announcers, the people who talk on the radio, who go, go into real estate, whether successfully or not, you know, that's, that's another thing, but they always try. It's one of those jobs where people are like, oh, I can do this uh, mm-hmm. for, whatever, for whatever reason, right? So I want to talk a little bit about like all the behind the scenes work that you do and that like goes into it. Like you've, answered every question so knowledgeably and like even that that one kind of throwaway as it like kind of just came into my head about you even knew had an answer for that I was like okay like like are you studying all the time like are you just like constantly researching new things like what's Mm -hmm. kind of like a day in the life outside of like the actual buying process so I think earlier I had mentioned that before I actually got resale uh real estate um sorry I was hello did it just I yeah, we're good. On that side. Okay. <laughs> um, before I got into resale, I had worked with developers on new home construction. So I would see homes being constructed uh, from the ground up with the finishes, the floor plans being in the sales center. Um, so I feel like I gained a big knowledge base from there. And even now when clients renovate or flip homes or build homes, like I check in every step of the way, see how they're doing, uh, see new products. Like I'm such a nerd in a sense that I loved going to the, do you remember the home shows? Like the fall show, the renovation show, I would go there just to learn and see the new products on market because a lot of those shows have local insulation guy, local flooring guy, uh, and they would have the new product that just came out. So I would go and I would ask questions. I would, I'd try my best not to buy anything. <laughs> I'd ask questions and learn about different types of insulation. So when people ask me questions about how a house is built or insulated, 
I could confidently answer those questions, tell you the difference between marble quartz and granite, um, and really learn uh, more about everything that's changing in the industry. Uh, I also have a lot of connections with colleagues in Toronto, um, because Toronto was dealing with bidding wars a decade before we were. Um, so they were giving me tips and tricks when we started dealing with bidding wars about three years ago. I was referencing and asking them like what are you guys doing there uh, to help my clients and we have conferences we have webinars we have coaches so I always believe in improving and learning and giving the best uh, service that way my clients are also confident in me and also I'm I'm in the game like I invest I've renovated my homes so I it's not that I enjoy renovating, it's that I wanted to be able to practice what I preach. So I didn't feel right telling a client like, oh yeah, go flip this home, you're gonna make X, Y, Z, when you know, I wasn't doing it. So I thought, I'm gonna get my hands dirty and do it myself. And I learned firsthand construction that way as well. And next year I'm building a house, so I'm gonna be doing it all over again. Wow. So I think staying up to date, whether it's real estate, whether it's mortgages, any any industry, there's so many great people to connect with and so many relationships you can make and so much you can learn with everything, um, all the technology coming about. And I think that's like one of the best parts of it. It's like, oh my God, this is new. Let's try it. Because there's a lot of realtors who also are like so old school and didn't want technology when it came, but here it is. It's a reality. So... One of the things I find so cool about you and a couple other the younger realtors is how well you use social media in this in that business. And like, of course, it makes sense, but it's it just seems like something you, like you wouldn't think about top of mind uh, when you're like showcasing homes or or attracting new clients is using this social media game. And I like has it created all these like new opportunities for you? Oh my God, I joke that I have more friends in social media than in real life. <laughs> it's a bad joke because it's probably true. Um, but my last five deals were truthfully probably from Instagram. I literally have a folder. You know how you can do a general inbox and a primary inbox? So I filtered one out just for real estate inquiries um, because that is the new way of meeting people, finding relationships, making friends, getting clients. And what better way for a client to get to know you than see what you're all about? I've had so many people ask me, like, you know, you post personal stuff on Instagram, like, like how are, are your clients going to perceive that? And I go, like, then they'll know that I'm an average 24-year-old girl who happens to sell real estate, right? It's like they trust me because it's not just posts about sold or, like, another house. Like, yes, I'll post on my story, but my whole feed isn't going to be spam about houses that people don't care about. It's going to be real. It's going to be me. And I've always, I've always said that I'm going to be really authentic and genuine in what I do and selling real estate and being who I am. So a lot of clients will um, follow me on Instagram or, or create me. And it's, it becomes weird when it's like an older client because my Instagram is geared more towards like the millennial generation. So I just had clients, a couple who I sold their house for like 1.2 million and they followed me and I'm like, Oh my God, like, it gives me a little bit of anxiety. I'm like, Oh, are they going to think I'm just like a child? But they hired me because they already saw my Instagram and they know who I am. So it doesn't matter. It makes it more real. 
Yeah, it, it's funny, like the the different mindset when it comes to generations. Like for mm-hmm. me, on on my mental health or on my Instagram and my social media, I talk a lot about mental health. Like that's what I do. I speak about it. I I advocate all those different things. But people often tell me you shouldn't post that on social media because you know you might lose. Like, what if a radio one of our clients from radio follows you and sees that and they're like, oh, you know, like. But like, it it actually the authenticity leads to more positive interaction than losing any like respect from a client, right? Like you might lose one, but you'll get 10 and it's like authenticity kind of wins at at least at this point of time. That's it. And it's the quality of your relationships with those clients. So maybe you missed out on two clients, but the two that our clients you're going to have such a more genuine and authentic relationship with and they're going to end up being like your number one fan because they know you now on a personal level without actually knowing you on a personal level they feel like they can connect with you and because you opened up about that other people feel like they can also open up to you about that because you understand and if you didn't put that out there people wouldn't know to come to you about that or understand the same way it's about building a more deep relationship not just more narrow relationships with everyone. So I, I totally, um, I, I totally respect you for that. Do you, I mean, you're young, you've already had so much success. Um, you know, do you, do you see yourself like doing this in Ottawa or doing this like, or for the rest of your life? Or do you see yourself like branching off into like starting your own thing? Um, mm-hmm. you know, jumping on this totally new type of, I don't know, like you said, virtual is becoming this big thing. I don't know if that'll continue after the pandemic or not, but like, do you see yourself doing this for the rest of your life? I think it would be scary for anyone to say I'm committed to this for the rest of my life, like a career, because you know, my desires, my hobbies, my interests are going to change so much. And I just know that real estate's a really big part of my life. I've developed a lot of the characteristics, interests. Like it, it is something that I'm genuinely interested in. I know it'll always be a part of my life, but what part? I don't know. Like I might have kids and want to be a stay-at-home mom, right? Um, so I wouldn't say that this is like the end all for me. Like this is it. Real estate's the, the thing. I'm never, I'm never gonna experience anything else. Um, but I know it's going to continue being a big part of my life. I would like to flip more homes, develop more homes. Maybe I'll have a construction company. I don't know. Mm. Um, but I know because of this, I'm going to have more opportunities and open doors. So for the foreseeable future, this is going to be my life. Um, but I, I can't just say like, yeah, I'm going to be a realtor for the rest of my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I hear that. I'm, I'm just, is flipping home still a big thing? Like, do people still do that? I know there was like that craze after all the shows on like TLC and HGTV came out. Like is, do people still do a lot of flipping homes? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of money you made in the market. So, but I mean, it's funny cause I say any, any guy in auto who drives his truck wants to flip a home. <laughs> um, I'm not wrong. <laughs> um, a lot of good properties that you can make money on and, flip like you could literally buy your first home move into it and start renovating little areas and increasing the value that way like there's so many ways you can renovate increase the value which is flipping a home and then like I I fully gutted and renovated my house um but it's it's a full-time job like I didn't do it myself I hired a company to do it um most of it anyways 
Um, so it's, it's great if you want to dip your toes into it. It's also really, really high risk and you need a lot of time and money and effort to put into it. It's not for everyone. So mm -hmm. and I try to uh, manage client expectations when they tell me they want to do that, especially because they see me doing it and they're like, Oh, well, you're young. You're a girl. Like how, how did you do it? Right. And then I break it down. And I'm like, mm, it's probably a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. I even have friends from high school. So I'm from Carlton place, which is not too far from here, but like that's even happening in the rural areas. Like they'll buy a house in the country. That's like a lot cheaper than the city. And then I see them like they track their progress and stuff of renovating these like country homes in the middle of Timbuktu. So it's like, okay, maybe everyone's on to something. Maybe I should get on it. It's also a good way to get your dream home without paying dream home prices. So if you know you want a certain style of home, but you find a home that needs some elbow grease, but it's a lot lower, that means your mortgage is lower. And then once you get some money, you can renovate the kitchen. And then once you get some money, you can finish the basement. It's a great way for first-time home buyers to build equity in their house, do some fun DIYs, learn how to be a homeowner. So I'm definitely all about that. Did I miss anything that a first-time home buyer, a young person getting involved in this market, like that they, they should know? that like is a really important piece of advice before they really get started? So my, one of my close girlfriends, super young, she just bought her first house at 22. I'm super proud of her, but her biggest hurdle to overcome, and I think this is also the insecurities of the social media generation, her biggest hurdle was that she was taking the opinions and advices of her friends or her colleagues and her mom and dad, which... I know they have the best intention for her, but it was just messing with what her head and what she wanted at the end of the day because it was an, a purchase for herself. It was a milestone for, for her first home. And then her friends would make comments like, oh, well, I'd want a bigger backyard. Or, oh, I wouldn't move to Stittsville. And then you start being like, oh, well, and you know what? As a young person, you will have friends that are jealous. And you will have opinions, even though they mean well, they've never bought a house. They've never looked at a house. Why does their opinion matter? Um, and it goes back to what we talked about, the kind of idea behind uh, university and the stigma. There's stigmas behind buying a house as well. And she really let her friend's opinion sway her. Um, and it's like any house she picked, they would have made a comment, you know? And I see it more so in girls, especially girls when they purchase young rather than guys. Um, so for the young females, I would say, put your list together of things you absolutely want. So whether that be like, I absolutely need two bathrooms, put down your maybe list. So like, it would be nice to have a fence yard, not a deal breaker can put up a fence. I'm like, absolutely not. Like absolutely, like cannot live without a garage or something of that sort, or absolutely do not want an in-ground pool. Put together right away your list of wants, uh, maybes, and absolutely not. And then that way you have some uh, clear vision of what you're looking for. Like, I, f I feel so bad because it was supposed to be such a good milestone, but she just let the opinions of everyone else jade what she really wanted. And we see that all the time, whether it be buying a house or starting a job or a career, starting a business. I think it's so important to have narrow vision in what you want. Yes, take the constructive feedback of your friends and family, but know when it's constructive and when it's destructive. That's great advice. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned your first time home guy, or wow, that is a tongue twister. Your home beginners, home buying uh, 
uh, book there. Um, where can people find that? Where can they get more information to maybe talk to you about buying a home? Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at Anatran Ottawa. Email me hello at anatran.com on my website anatran.com. Um, there's a subscription. You can subscribe to my newsletter and it'll send it to you right away. Um, I'm super available. If people want to call me, text me, message me on Instagram, email me. Um, I'm super happy to discuss the home buying process. So I, I have buyer calls all the time, whether they're buying now or later, it's important to get that information. Mm, perfect. Well, uh, I'm, I'm really happy we got this done and, and me got too. it set up. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll be, uh, I'll be in touch in the, the near future, hopefully. <laughs> that would be awesome. We'll have so much fun shopping for houses. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.